0: Welcome to another episode of Arrow, Chapter and Verse. This time we're talking about The Flash, Season 3, Episode 12, Untouchable, which is, I mean, I know why they named it that, but it's weird that they named it that because we already had the episode with Elliot Ness and Al Capone, uh, although that was not Legends. All right, so Barry and Wally are racing to determine who's faster a little bit and to train. And this is all part of trying to get Wally ready to save Iris from Savitar because Barry thinks that his speed curve is steeper, so he's going, to, he's going to get faster more quickly than Barry can. And he's almost as fast as Barry. Barry ends up winning the race, but only because he phases through a building and Wally has to go up and around it. Um, and the rest of the episode, uh, in terms of Wally, is trying to get Wally to phase through stuff. Um, so... After that, we find a, a dead chef uh, who looks like a mummy. The, the, the body looks like a mummy, and by the time they get it back to Star Labs, because Star Labs has a 3D imager and CCPD does not, uh, it has turned to dust or ash or what have you. And uh, what we find out is that there is a, a metahuman who has the power to basically necrotize your tissue by, by touching you. And uh, the next time we see him, he necrotizes a musician who happened to be a a captain in Flashpoint. Now, let's discuss this for a minute. Earth-2, we had a bunch of different changes, right? There was a different different captain at the precinct. Uh, Joe was a musician, et cetera, et cetera. Problem with Flashpoint, well, no, I guess not. The changes go back 13 years, but that's that's a big that's a big swing from jazz musician to... Well, not jazz musician. He was playing Doc at the Bay. So standards musician to, uh, to police captain. It's a big swing. Or uh, chef to policeman. Also a big swing. But I guess... I mean, I guess... All right. So we've got 13 years. I, all right. Fine. Fine. It can happen. Fine. Um, uh, what we find out is that because... Uh, Flash remembers, Barry remembers that Mendez was a captain at Flashpoint. Uh, they figure out that the, whoever it is is targeting uh, people, and the chef turned out to be a cop too. He sees a photo and recognizes him. It turns out that this person is targeting cops for whatever reason. So then uh, the West family goes for coffee at CC Jitters. Where else would they go for coffee? With... Uh, Celia, the district attorney whom Joe is dating, and Celia's daughter, whose name I don't remember, who is undecided in her major at her college. That's what I remember. I used to be a college professor, so of course the major is important to me. By the way, let me qualify that. I was uh, a, a teaching associate. I was not a full professor because I did not have my PhD, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I still don't, by the way, ABD on that one. Uh, but pretty much, I think anybody who's listening to this would know the story. Like, I, I don't imagine anybody I don't know is going to listen to this, but well, whatever. Anyway, so um, yeah, so they're they're having they're having coffee, and then we get into a debate because Celia's daughter thinks that Kid Flash is the greatest, and Celia thinks that Flash is the greatest, and then they turn to Joe for a tiebreaker, which is really awkward because Barry and Wally are both there, you know, and like Wally's like encouraging this. Uh, attractive uh young woman to expound on why she likes um uh Kid Flash uh, so much and uh you know uh that's that's what it would make sense i would probably do the same thing were i in his position but uh they're having this conversation and then in walks the meta who shows that not only can he necrotize tissue, he can pretty much destroy anything. Now, he's not like in a Midas situation. He has full control over when he's using his powers and not. Um, I did wiki him really quickly, and I couldn't find a, uh, an analog for him in the comics, uh, at least not under the name that they gave was Clive York, and I might try again later. I might not. depends on how, how curious I am and how much I really care. Uh, so he's there, he challenges Joe to come out, uh, Wally goes down there, and with a little coaching from Barry, like, you know, does the Flash moving his arms, creating a wind funnel thing, blows him across, CC jitters through a glass door, and somehow, even though there's a speedster involved, he Batmans out of there immediately, uh, does Yorkin. So, then, uh they're, they're still trying to get Wally, uh, they're still trying to get Wally to phase, by the way, there's a, there's a, a, a barrier that, uh, somehow they, they construct nearly instantly, Cisco constructs nearly instantly, that Barry could phase through, that Wally can't, they're talking about, well, you know, how do you, you know, phase this, and phase that, and here's how you do it, and Barry doesn't really know how to explain it, Wally doesn't really know how to receive it, so, so that's a problem, but, um, they do the uh, they do the thing at jitters then uh, they're trying to figure out how to how to track this guy but before they can do that uh, Iris is home alone at the the uh, West Allen residence and who should show up at Clive Yorkin because I guess he's googled them and figured out where she lives uh, I, I mean you, you can do that you know uh, it's it's kind of scary that way you can just sort of google somebody and kind of figure out where they live um but uh you know he uh he destroys the door with his magic powers and um after he does that uh he goes in and he's about to touch iris she puts on her distress signal wally comes racing in but uh yorkin is close enough and manages to touch her before wally can get here then wally blames himself for not being able to phase and not being fast enough. And then Barry points out that even though the last two people who taught him were evil, uh, they were actually pretty good mentors and taught him stuff. It's this weird thing that evil speedsters seem to have where they want to beat the good speedsters at the top of their game. So it's like, here's all the tips and tricks of being a speedster, but I'm still better kind of a thing. Anyway. Um, so then they take, uh, they take Iris back to, Uh, Star Labs, Uh, that's where Wally does the self-recrimination thing, Uh, she is necrotizing far less quickly than uh, we saw Julio Mendes uh, necrotize. He, like, the black veins spread up to his face within seconds, and in her case, the black veins are taking minutes to spread up her forearm, which uh, is slowed by judicious application of Caitlin's cold, I don't know how you get cold enough to stop necrotic tissue from being created, but not cold enough to create frostbite. But there's a sweet spot, and Caitlyn hits it. And, of course, she's worried about Killer Frost uh, showing up. But everybody's encouraging her, including Iris, that it's okay that Killer Frost won't show up. She can take control of her powers. Um, okay, so then I think is when uh, they figure out how to track this person by vibing on flashpoint you know uh, cisco's gonna vibe on flashpoint he's gonna look around he does he sees the, the the woman who actually arrested this guy his last name is stone she's a bit of a showboat she likes her perp walks she really embarrasses this dude which is i guess why he's going after everyone um uh, cisco tells uh you know joe joe goes ah yes that's right um Oh, I missed an important bit. I'll go back and cover that later. Uh, Joe uh, uh, says, "All right, I know who that is. She's a PI. I'll I'll find her and talk to her." so the bit I missed uh, was before Iris got necrotized. Uh, she comes clean. She tells Joe um, that Wally has, or sorry, that Barry has seen her die in the future, and Joe, of course, is really upset about this. And it's actually a, a really good piece of acting from Jesse Martin. It's it's the best sort of uh, piece of acting I've seen on the show in quite some time, but he, he does a really good job of conveying, uh, basically the, the level of, uh, his disappointment and anger and fear at, at what he's just heard. So that was kind of nice. Um, skipping forward into the future. Uh, okay. So Joe finds this woman, uh, Stone, I forget what her first name is. She's, uh, she's working, um, a, basically a divorce case, uh, but he convinces her that you know she's in danger, and the people she's following go onto the train, go onto a train, so she goes onto a train. But who should be sitting in that same train station? But Clive Yorkin, who I mean, I I, I don't know. Like, was Cece Jitters just a lucky guess? Like, I guess you know Julio Mendez and the other dude have to be pretty easy to find, right? There's a chef, he's at a restaurant, there's a musician, he's certainly got a website for gigging. Uh, But I know that Joe West is at CC Jitters. Okay. I know that this PI is going to be at this train station. Oh, okay. Um, That's a a thing that um, is interesting, but, I, I mean, we need this for the plot to move along. So he sees them both get on the train. Uh, Somehow he gets ahead of the train. It's not really explained. He just sort of shows up at this place where the train is going to go under a bridge, and he destroys the bridge, uh, and it's falling down. Joe sees it and hits his panic button, and Barry and Wally show up, and Barry says, there's no time to do anything else. I've got to phase the train through this wreckage which he does, which is an impressive feat because he vibrates everybody on the train and the train itself without, you know, say the train shaking apart or, or people being hurt, which is interesting. Uh, and then Yorkin is still there, which isn't a huge problem because he can't really do much to stop. I mean, I guess he could try to destroy a rail, but I don't know how, um, I, I, I don't know how, you know far his power would extend. I don't know if he could destroy a rail faster than the train is moving along, and he could certainly create a problem for the next train. But uh, Wally's there, and Barry tells Wally what he has to do. There was some discussion with uh, Julian earlier that uh, Barry's, the, the, apparently this guy's power when he can, uh, Yorkin's power when it contacts human flesh, does the opposite of what Barry's blood does when it regenerates his cells. So, Barry tells Wally that Wally has to phase some of his blood into Yorkin. And Wally cuts his hand, which I think is weird, because he's going to phase through Yorkin anyway. So, I mean, that's also, like, that's a a lot of control, you know? He's got to phase, like, his blood directly into Yorkin's arteries or veins. Some sort of capillary, uh, you know, capillary. Uh, Anyway. Um, so... I don't think he needed to cut himself, but he did, and he phases through Yorkin, and after he phases through Yorkin, his speedster business has healed him, and Yorkin triumphantly grabs Wally's arm, and nothing happens because Yorkin's powers had been neutralized. And that's actually the last we see of York in this episode. I assume that Wally uh, takes him to the cells under the particle accelerator, or in the particle accelerator, and slaps him in one of those. Uh, then we go back, and apparently... Somehow, Julian has synthesized Yorkin's blood uh, to be a cure for Iris, but I need to jump back again because I'm forgetting something. Sorry, folks. I'm, there's a lot of jumping around. So, before or during, during the train sequence, cutting back to Star Labs, for whatever reason, the cooling of Iris's arm stops working. The necrotizing tissue continues up her shoulder Caitlin is called in again and begins to turn into Killer Frost. And Julian, who's been uh, just a dick to her this whole episode, like, they're doing an autopsy, and Julian's like, "Uh, perhaps it would be faster if I did this by myself. You know, and that is not what he sounds like exactly, but that's close enough. Uh, And... You know, Caitlin's like I have done autopsies before, and he continues just to be a dick. He's 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 a jerk this 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 whole episode. But when she starts to turn into Killer Frost, he's like, No, you're the strongest person I know. You can beat this. When I had this battle, I lost because I was weak, but you're strong, and you'll be able to do this. And that's that's not an issue. You're very strong, Caitlin. Blah 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 blah. And she gets through it and fights down Killer Frost and manages to cool Iris's arm to the point where later Julian can synthesize Yorkin's blood and heal. Uh, Iris. All right, so that's, that's pretty much that. And then Iris and Barry have a touching scene where Iris is like, you know, I used to think the Flash was someone my boyfriend became when he ran off to save people, but, um, that's not, that's not the case. Uh, you know, I love you. I love all of you. I trust you to save me. Okay. And then we see, uh, Wally is phasing through that barrier that Cisco constructed when Jesse Quick jumps out of an interdimensional portal and is like, "Grod, remember Grod?" You know, a lot of people say, that's odd, it's Grodd. Um, That was an in-joke from college, so now you're in on that. It was a takeoff on, a lot of people say, what's that? It's Pat. Anyway, so Grodd in Earth-2 has uh, rallied the gorillas, uh, and they have attacked uh, Central City, I guess, and they are holding Earth-2 Harrison Wells' at Gorilla City. So the next episode is called Attack on Gorilla City. Um, I assume that's pretty self-explanatory. So yeah, that's that's about it for this episode of The Flash. And, um, one of the things I guess about Yorkin that I didn't discuss is that he's got the same uh, gene markers that indicate that uh, Julian created him as Dr. Alchemy. And so Julian feels a little bit responsible. Julian feels a little bit guilty. And at the end of the episode, Julian basically goes off to, he's going to find another meta because there's one more, there's a husk unaccounted for, um, or a meta in a husk unaccounted for. And they're, they're not doing, this was not a great job of integrating this episode's villain into the plot. Uh, honestly, it, it he felt a little bit tacked on. It felt like the important thing, like he was there in order to get Wally to learn how to phase. And it seems like they could have handled that better. It seems like it could have been a little bit more blended into what was going on, uh, even if they just sort of uh, maybe, you know, teased his appearance earlier, perhaps if all of these bodies weren't dropping at the same time, if, if they'd if they had this happening uh over the course of a couple of episodes and now it was sort of coming to a head where he's you know he's found joe and he's got to, he's trying to get joe but um anyway that's that's what they did and that's the end of this episode of arrow chapter and verse i hope you enjoyed it i hope you're having a good day and i'll see you next time